Good evening, patriots. You know, the one thing that we're going to face continually in this walk of truth is the complete deconstruction of everything related to icons and idolatry. And it's the one thing that's going to be probably the hardest as we go through this because we have built a culture around so many idols and so many things that we continue to look to as idols and as a process of getting closer to God, they all have to be destroyed. We'll talk about that more in just a bit. To begin with tonight, The Founders Bible, thefoundersbible.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, in the coupon section at checkout and save 20% on The Founders Bible. The Founders Bible is a Bible designed for our time. It's an NASB 1995 edition with many of our founding founding father's documents worked in to where you can literally get a lesson in the word of God and a history lesson into how our founding fathers use scripture as a living language. It's a fantastic study, a fantastic edition for the home, and it's a fantastic edition for homeschooling. So check it out, thefoundersbible.com. Save 20% using your BARDS code, B-A-R-D-S. Also, mypillow.com, mypillow.com forward slash BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. Use your promo code BARDS to get savings across the entire site of MyPillow, the Frank Speech, and mystore.com. And head on over there and check out the many great savings, which include amazing savings on the traditional classic MyPillow, 75% off on the classic MyPillow. You have my slippers for 40% off and three-piece towel set, six-piece towel set right now for $39.99. Just an amazing number of savings on hundreds of products across the site. So check it out. MyPillow.com forward slash Bards is the landing page for Bards Nation and your promo code is Bards, B-A-R-D-S. This is a company really where you spend your dollars and you're really fighting for liberty with every dollar you purchase or everything you purchase there and every dollar you spend. Finally, Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. That's the home of, of the Bards branded coffee, Expedition Coffee. A coffee designed for this time, a coffee designed for the warrior. One cup a day gets you that boost of energy and mind focus that you need, clarity of mind the whole day. Also sets the foundation to help improving your immune system, keeping your immune system strong. And that goes along with a complement of other products that are on that page including the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut to reduce the sickness caused by leaky gut syndrome. Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pine cone extract with high vitamin level, high levels of vitamin C. Pure 47, which is the most refined silver nano extract currently on the market. It'll isolate pathogens in your body, including the full range of SARS-CoV viruses. And Finally, you have Earth, which is a full-body nutrient supplement. One scoop a day mixed in a shake. It's all your body needs. It's a fantastic mix and, and product to have. And all of those work together in an integrated system to help reclaim our health sovereignty. When you get through with all of that, literally about all you're going to need on occasion is a bit of vitamin D and, vit- and, vi- and zinc, depending on your diet. And it's that complete. So... Check that out at Expedition, ExpeditionCoffee.com, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com. So I want to read something to you here 
it's just a, a phrase. It was, it's a part of a, a bigger study into some of the documents related to Martin Luther King. But the first paragraph really struck me as a very appropriate in looking at the times that we're in. And it says this, it always hurts to see one's icons destroyed. These icons are really what link a person to a greater humanity and what lies beyond it. It's as if through an icon, a person can channel an identity which signifies something much greater than himself. Icons can pull people into their orbits and inspire love and awe. People derive meaning and self-worth through them. Icons can also compete. Different groups may share an icon or their incompatible icons may prevent them from coexisting. But in all cases, serious espionage prostate themselves before their icons. It's sort of like kissing the ring of a mafia boss. I think that's extremely well said. Icons are idolatry. And the part about that is while you can use them to motivate yourself, live through them, give yourself something beyond what you think you can, it's a distortion and a distraction from the what God has put within you because ultimately you're emulating another person rather than being the person that God gave you. Additionally, what is so dead on in that statement is that icons tend to compete. Right now we are on Martin Luther King Day. Today isn't a day that people celebrate with joy. Some do, but many don't. It's a very, it ends up being a rather contentious day. Some celebrate and many don't. And in part because of what has become of the vision that Martin Luther King had, or at least presented. And so over time, what we have suffered through is BLM. We've suffered through a woke left. We've suffered through a progressive left. We've suffered through many of the false flags of nonsense that are coming out from the deep state, the divisive politics of the left and the right. All of this has created to where the icon of Martin Luther King has become a reifying agent, not a unifying agent. And so we arrive at a civil rights day, basically a memory of civil rights day, which isn't memoried. Well, it's looked at now in the lens of the riots that have occurred, the burning down of buildings, the accusations of persistent racism, the left being more racist than, they, than, than anybody but not wanting to admit it. It's this sort of insanity where we're at. So icons are a trap, and we're going to have to be very aware of that. There is a comment that's made, and I don't disagree with it, in fact, that the problem with President Trump is not that he's a unifier, because he's not. President Trump is an awakening agent for the nation to start looking at what it is to be a nation, and I'll give him much credit for that. It's forced us as a nation to look at ourselves more than any other president we've had, to reflect on where our relationship is with God, where our relationship is with our politicians, where our relationship is with one another, and what our true politic is in this nation. And we're seeing what that looks like. And we find an increasing number of people that are unifying not around a party, but around a principle of just being free and liberty. And that's going to be probably one of the greatest contributions that President Trump makes. But it's not one that will benefit the parties, and it won't benefit the elite, which is quite ironic in the end of the day. 
So when we look at this whole time, I think we have to also look very carefully back at what God has told us about this. I want to look at Isaiah 42. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth, and the coastlands will wait expectantly for his law. And I'll continue with that in a second. I find that a very interesting passage because it's completely humility. There isn't the need to have big, massive rallies. There isn't the need to have big, boisterous calls to people to arms and do something. That, the, which is God's promise, is the promise of humility that will unite the nations. And I think that's something that if we keep that in our heart, we have a great deal more impact And I do believe that, honestly, that is what's going to change this country and the world. It's going to be those with humility and those walking beautifully. And it's that place where not trying to seek the loud and boisterous. You know, tomorrow night I have on uh, Karen Testerson. Interesting. She is a part of Bard's Nation, and she is uh, going to be running for governor in New Hampshire, who had a great interview today. And it's a real good example of this, that in spite of the odds against corruption and in spite of the the challenges she faces in her state, she's called by God to run. And she's taking it very seriously in that space. Obviously, she seeks to win, but she also embraces the fact that part of her walk may not be to win. It may be to inform and to awaken. So it's a really interesting balance. And I think when we walk that way in life and we're not trying to seek just the victory and not try to seek just the win, which is our interpretation of a win, we start to embrace what the Lord has for us. Humility is an important part of that walk. Let me continue with Isaiah 42, starting at 5. 42, 5. Thus says God the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who, who spread out the earth and its offspring, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I will also hold you by the hand and watch over you, and I will appoint you as a covenant to the people, as a light to the nations, to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those who dwell in the darkness from the prison. I am the Lord, that is my name, and I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Now I declare new things before they spring forth. I proclaim them to you. The might of God in our lives should be as bold as those words. The might of God in our country is deeply diminished. There is still a timidity to be able to proclaim Christ in our life. 
there's still a hesitation to call God publicly and proclaim him in public space. There's still this hesitation to listen to our hearts and trust what's put upon them because we're going to get swept up with the questions that we all have. And it's because it's surrounding us all the time. There's, there's that doubt of like, well, is it really God? What if I proclaim this and I'm wrong? Is it that or am I just hearing myself? Because we've forgotten how to listen. Listening to the Lord is, is like a discipline of, of anything that you do as a professional athlete. And every one of us should be taking it that seriously. It's a discipline, listening to the Lord and discerning what he's telling us. That, con- that conflict or conflict or maybe even better competition between the brain and the heart is always going to be there. It is never not going to be there. Being able to discern that from what our desire is and what God's intent is or our doubt is to what God is telling us. Separating those things in our life is where we are truly learning to walk in faith and not in sight. And it's what's going to continually build the strength within this world to heal this world and to bring the nations together. This is on us to do. It's not like we have, well, we do have a choice. We have a choice of death, which is to walk through the wide gate and keep walking and forget all of this. But we are at a bifurcation point in the world, a decision point that we have to make. And those that are choosing to continue to walk this path closer to God and get and in that path where we are building that intimacy through Christ Jesus, that is a difficult path to climb. The road gets narrower. The trail gets more difficult. And what's put upon us isn't always what we want or seek, but that's not why God has us here. In the previous hour, I spoke of the division that we're now facing and this accountability that we must have in need to have absolute truth and not make excuses for others, not paint others to give them an exception to truth or exception to justice, but quite to the contrary, to bring us to a point where we're looking at things equally and fairly across the spectrum. If we're going to condemn a doctor for encouraging people to take the shot. You have to do the same thing with Trump. You have to do the same thing with Biden. You have to do the same thing with Klaus Schwab. Nobody's excluded in that. And you can't start giving justifications to one over the other based on some fictional narrative simply because one guy is your favorite leader and someone else isn't. This is this is this idolatry, this iconization of people that causes us to get corrupted in our views. And when we strip that away and we stand with Christ and we stand firmly on that rock of faith and we look through the lens of Christ, there isn't this confusion. What you see is a puppet show going on here of everybody trying to vie for your affection and your loyalty and your allegiance, which is just them trying to be the icon in your life that you're going to be drawn to instead of standing firm with Christ. And if you look at it like that, you start to see the world very differently because it doesn't become a world where there's people out here doing good a little bit here and there's doing good for this one group or this other group, in particular in politics, in particular in this type of leadership that has evolved in what we call the 21st century 
human experiment. This is silliness. And it really is silliness as we sit back and realize that we don't have a leader in this nation that's humble enough to seek repentance for the nation. We don't have a leader humble enough to openly proclaim thanks for God and ask for forgiveness for some of the things have done. We don't have that sort of humility in leadership. We have arrogance in leadership. We have, we have ego and we have anger and we have vengeance in leadership. But we don't have humility as a national leadership. And this is where we need to pre- reclaim that. Let me read this next this passage down a little bit further. This is Isaiah 42, 14. And it's to me, it really strikes me because this is the what is called the blindness of the people. This is God speaking. I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now, like a woman in labor, I groan. I will both gasp and pant. I will lay waste to the mountains and the hills and wither all of their vegetation. I will make the rivers into coastlands and dry up the ponds. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know. In past they do not know. I will guide them and I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. They will be turned back and be utterly put to shame who trust in idols, who say in, who say in molten images, you are our gods. This type of message is not unique in scripture and it should not be foreign to anyone who has gone through scripture. Idolatry is a sin. And every one of us has committed it. I am not excluding anyone. But we're at a point right now when God has given us not only grace, he's given us eyes to see, and we can see before us if we choose. Right now, there's a big struggle going on in patriots because they're trying to justify a narrative, various narratives, to protect their idol, their worship, their king, Donald J. Trump. And they're trying to create excuses around justifications for why did he do this? Why did he not do this? Why is he standing with the vax? What's going on? Is he he being blackmailed? Is he covering? Is he really working with the white hats? That is not an acceptable place. Because words have meaning and words bring life and death. So if you can't trust the word of somebody... What can you trust? Because that's what we have to wait on. So if we are going to walk in a place now where we're going to be true and we're going to look at a Biden and see his ridiculousness and call and the hand puppetry that goes on, and we're going to be on this other side always pointing the finger as though it's all Democrats as an example. These are these are illusions. And what has happened in our society is we've created these two camps. Martin Luther King, ironically, is now, I would argue, as seen as a Democrat. I don't know what, I honestly don't know what party he was, and I don't care. But why would we think that? Because why? Because he has policies for civil rights. That shouldn't even be a party issue. That's what's so stunning. 
And yet when we look back on our presidents and we look back on what they say, we are immediately categorizing them as Ronald Reagan, Republican George Bush, Republican. We do Barack Obama. He's he's Democrat. And there is with this 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 narrative of like if you're a Republican, Republicans are good. Democrats are bad. If you're Democrat, Democrats are good. Republicans are bad. And it's. The Democrats, there's better Democrats than other Democrats, but they're all good. For Republicans, there's better Republican Democrats than, than others, but they're all good. Here's one for you. The Act of 1986, which gave absolute indemnity and allowed a allowed this vax to today to ultimately be developed because they were they have been protected from lawsuits, was passed and signed under by under Ronald Wilson Reagan, a Republican. You see, it's not all so clear. The New World Order that we are fighting today was openly proclaimed by George W. Bush, a Republican. See, we have to be honest in ourselves. And we have to be truth. And it's not one side or the other side. It's one party, two faces. All ultimately vying for your affection, your worship, your idolatry. They want to be your icons. Because they want you to aspire in their direction so that they can ultimately control you, influence you, shape you. They want you, they want you to believe that you can't exist without them unless you follow them. That's the same principle I talked about in the last show. The can't or or you can't unless trap. And this idolatry has to be destroyed in our country. We even have to be careful how we rate our founding fathers. Our founding fathers were not perfect. I talk a lot about our founding fathers, and I am consciously aware that they were part of building a Masonic order. Now, the interesting part of that story, which we don't often get, is that many of them, once they discovered what the Masonic order was really about, originally they had come together in a Masonic order because they weren't having fellowship with other men. Many of them, once they learned what the Masonic order was actually about, walked away from it and disavowed it. But there was still some that remained. So we get a generic narrative now and from very poor research that's come out in this awakening. It's our founding fathers were all Masons. Okay. I mean, imagine what's going to happen in the future when we look back on this era and we look at the absolute corruption within the church. And you, you could hear something like, well, we can't listen to those patriots because they were all part of a church. I can name three right off the top of my head that lead churches, Pastor Tony Wood, Pastor John Benzinger, Pastor Travis Graham, and there's many more that are outstanding, great voices of our time. But when we genericize, when we make this generic grabs, we miss the points. I was reading comments today and about the interview with Dr. David Martin. And it's very interesting to me to watch this and watch how we are. We have now moved to these places of what idolatry does and, what it, and how it's also destructive. So here's the example. 
Patriots will on the one breath speak of justifying or excusing President Trump from defending the vax or promoting the vax. They will simply say, they will say all sorts of things to defend it, excuse it, even so far as to say, well, he's not there anymore because he didn't, he didn't promote it in the last rally. That's the latest. Dr. David Martin has an interesting background. I'm very aware of his background. And so literally there were questions being posted on Gab, things like, how did this get through to, how did Scott choose this interview? Did somebody not do the research why was Dr. David Martin on here? Does that not pe- don't people know who he is? I'm very well aware of his background. In fact, he's shared a great deal with me and more than he's shared in public. Does that mean that he's not to be listened to? Because now he doesn't fit the, the box that we've created that we now call the truth movement or the patriot movement because we have an idol who we call Trump who can get excused from anything quite literally to quote him not me as he said I could shoot somebody in New York and I would be they would not stop supporting me this is a true statement do you realize that where we are today the way that we are walking and the focus that we have on like one man and with this one evil party, the Democrats, and this idea of how we dig and look into people's backgrounds and we build these immediate snapshots that either they're all good or they're all bad. Either they're all for the patriots or they're all bad part of the cabal. I can't imagine what Paul would go through in this day and age. Can you imagine? Paul, the apostle Paul. He would be slaughtered And I swear it would be the Christians of this day that would be the first ones taking the stones to stone him and beat him if they could. That's the disgusting thing. And unless we are digging and putting things in context and stepping away from our perceptions of idolatry of good and bad, that's a great one. Here's an idolatry of good. Here's an idolatry of bad. Tell me what God does with good and bad. Here's an interesting perspective for you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm going to break down an idol tonight. And it's Trump. Trump is apparently not, according to what we can find out, There is not one bad thing in Trump's background because they had the entire commission of lawyers that investigated him for 18 months for an impeachment, and they couldn't find one thing, apparently. And we have not found one negative thing on Trump's background in spite of the fact he had meetings with a lot of crazy and very well-known evil people. There is not one bad thing in his background. That should send up red flags, just so I say it. Okay? There should send up red flags. Which, because from my world, what that means is somebody spent a lot of time, probably several years, scrubbing his background to remove any flaw. But I don't want to go there, because that's up for you to decide. You can, you can believe whatever you want, and that's fine. But I want to put this in a context of scriptural, because we often hear that Trump is anointed. Okay? I want you to find a figure in the Bible that has a perfect background that God has led to do something. And I'm going to bet, other than Christ, you're not going to find it. 
And I think this is a very important thing because God takes humanity and he chooses those when he chooses. His lessons have been that he chooses those that have been through very extreme trials. And then he offers them a choice. But because it's the burden of the darkness that he needs to wake them up for them to realize the gift of life that he gives them. But we do know from Trump because it's in an interview that he has never asked forgiveness from God, which just, you know, it's like, oh, okay, you've never asked forgiveness from God? And he said that. I think it was spring of 2020. That's a profound statement. So I would then beg the question from anybody that says he's anointed, how can that be? I truly mean that. How could that be? So what I'm getting at here is he is a man. I'm not saying in any way that he hasn't done good things. I've said this from the very beginning, and you have to always remember, I was a huge supporter of his, and I myself have fallen into the trap of overstating him almost to the point of idolatry, and I've I've sought forgiveness for that. I'm open about this because I should never have done it. But we all do it because we're human. And God understands that. He's not condemning us. He's not sending us to hell because of it. But what our responsibility is right now is truth. And more than ever, we have to be conscious that things are moving in this world. Idols are getting crushed. And if you don't believe that God's going to, say, smote you down because you have an idol worship, then consider an idol like a big pile of rocks over your head and imagine what's going to happen as that idol gets blown to pieces which it is it's happening everywhere right now you're going to get hit by a lot of chunks of rock and maybe some big boulders it's not going to be avoidable and if a person is sitting there listening and going well i don't i don't believe this i'm just i'm agnostic i i i I believe i have faith but i don't believe in god coming down and doing things okay then let me put it in a human term If you've put your focus and hope in a single man and it doesn't deliver the way you expect and the world is falling apart because just look around, the whole world is being reshaped. Whether you want to believe that the Great Reset is going to happen and they're going to win or if you want to believe that there's a great awakening that's going to rise up through that, this is just human terms. If you are hanging on to individual idols and not paying attention to the awakening of the greater movement of of humanity, you are literally going to get crushed under the weight of your false beliefs. Now add the dimension of God, and I'm going to tell you it's going to suck, and it's going to hurt. But the bigger problem is even beyond that, because what is happening is it's a failure of us to push in and to awaken others into the glory of of the relationship with Christ because we're blinded when we do that, when we're, our eyes are too much on a person. We're not putting our eyes where they need to be, which is on that relationship with the living, breathing Christ. We have to have that intimacy. And when we do, we are literally freed from all this other. And what happens then? We're freed to do what God needs us to do, which is to love, to heal, to guide and to be the light, the lamp on the hill. Literally, we're just outside the matrix. 
you can watch this whole puppet show and take time to laugh. It takes us away from anger. When we are dealing with an idolatry and your idol starts to not perform the way you expect, like Trump supporting the vax, there's anger, there's rage. There's like, he's not, or there's the other side, which is you're getting in conflict with one another. Think how divisive that is and how divisive it has become almost by design at times it seems that you've taken a unified movement and you've divided it amongst itself with a simple position about a vax. A movement that had the chance of sweeping the nation and redefining political parties, moving towards a new non-aligned party, now is divided amongst itself because its icon has now said it supported the vax. Isn't that interesting? One could say that was designed by the cabal. Others might say that was the hand of God teaching everybody a lesson once again to quit worshiping idols. There's so much going on right now in these movements that you, when we sit back and we look at things with a breath and we take a calm and we sit with Christ and we look across, you're like, wow, there's no way a man or a group of men could do this many things this perfectly at once simultaneously to shake and tear apart the worship of idols and the structures of government This is literally an incineration of the elite, and they're falling apart. And like it or not, Trump is part of the elite. We don't need them to walk us. We need to raise ourselves up. We need to build the fellowship. We need to rekindle the love and that compassion, that ecclesia within our communities. That's where our due diligence is. That's where our work and trial is. That's what I've said even in terms of voting. When I hear all this rhetoric, and this is another one, it's just to keep in mind, we're sitting in January, January 17th. And over the weekend, we've had a Clay Clark rally and we've had a Trump rally. And there's been one message that has been fairly consistent. General Flynn has said it's retarded, it's his word, not mine, if you don't vote. And one of the Brian Cates, who writes, is a journalist, follows Flynn around and also writes for Epic Times, is, has said that you, you are a retarded unpatriot if you don't vote. President Trump made a big deal that you need to vote. And I'm saying to myself, that's interesting. We're only in January and you're screaming about the voting. What's going on? What is showing up that's got you so panicked? And I don't. I can make some good sum, summations on this. I don't have the data they do, but I can tell you there's probably a couple major concerns. One is that the belief and worship of the voting system is now falling apart. Another is that the belief and worship in the leaders that are seeking to run for office and seeking to run potentially for president in 2024 is diminishing. It should be no surprise. Nothing has changed. But beyond that, what that is also saying, which is a great thing, is that people are stepping back and saying, you know what? I don't need this. We can't control it. It's out of our control. You all are going to play the game the way you need to play it. 
And what I hope we're hearing, but we can't prove this, but I believe it in my heart, is that instead of looking at them, the eyes are shifting towards Christ and through Christ to the Father. And as we do that, we are taking our power back and they will scream more loudly. For the record, it's not retarded if you don't vote and you're not a retarded unpatriot if you don't vote. That's your choice. I am believe emphatically that we need to vote in the local election because I know that we can control it. And I will say that in certain areas where you have good candidates, it's probably a good idea to at least participate in the vote for state because we may be able to affect some things. On a national level, I think it's a complete clown show. I think it you're going to get no matter who you vote for in the, clown, in the, in the national level. And I may be proven wrong on this. I'm just going to say it. I know somebody reached out with me on Gab already, and they're, I may have him on the show. I may be proven wrong, but I won't be proven wrong on the presidency because the presidency ultimately is going to have to play the game that's going to be rigged by one, one big cabal of people, and that's Big Pharma. They own the board, so just keep that in mind. But we have to take our communities back. And more than just a vote, we've got to take them back through an appreciation of one another, a love and compassion for one another, and a centering of our love and worship in Christ Jesus. It's amazing when you get into this point, when we discover our founding fathers, and even like today when I did this interview with Karen in New Hampshire, it was stunning that there was... People were expected, if you were going to vote, be participant in the, in the original because it was a, a territory set up by a Quaker. I think I have that right. Nonetheless, that the colony, you had to be a believer in Christ to be a voting member. And look where we've gone today. It's like, uh, do you believe in Christ? Uh, yes. I'm sorry, you can't vote. Uh, do you believe in Satan? Yes, I do. Well, please step right up. This is how far we've swung. And I, I too say that much of what has happened here in this and the reason that we have swung so far is because we have replaced God with too many idols. And I believe truly that what we are witnessing right now is we are given a chance once again to see, but we have been blinded and many are still blinded and we have been guided through a desert, a miserable time. And we're having to suffer a miserable time because we put ourselves here. This is a very opportune moment for us all because we have a chance right now to come together, to step away from the idols and those who say to molten images, you are our gods, and instead put our eyes back on the Son of God, our Savior, our Lord and King, Christ Jesus, and through him to the Father. And as we do that, I truly believe that the politics begin to crumble even faster than they are right now. That the importance of what we're seeking changes, what we value in these political discussions. We don't need to rallies to hear again and again the same thing, make America great again. I got it. Because here's the thing, we don't need a person to do that for us. We need to do that ourselves. And we need to do that community by community. And as we do do that, 
oh, we'll make America great again. We'll make America greater than our founding fathers ever dreamed possible. We will make the country great based on the principles of the Declaration of Independence that puts God on the throne above us all. We will not tolerate the rejection, ignoring, the sending off to asylums of our elderly. We will not tolerate as a nation abortion. We will not tolerate as a nation the abuse of children. We will not tolerate the trafficking of children of any kind. We won't tolerate big pharma. We won't tolerate these things that destroy humanity. Instead, we'll cast aside everything about it. Think about the entire model we're on. 5G, genetic engineering, CRISPR technology, AIs. Tell me one thing in that, robotics. Tell me one thing in this fourth industrial revolution that puts God at the center, and I'm going to tell you there's not one ounce, drip, anything of God left. They've stripped it all away. And yet if we follow a path with Christ and an alliance with God, what do we find? We want 5G out. We don't, we're going to find a replacement for these dumb cell phone boxes, another way to communicate that we will innovate through with God. We're going to spend more time in fellowship rather than time behind a digital screen. We're going to get back to building and doing, not waiting on some AI to tell us how. We will restructure the world. Everything that they're preaching, wanting, and driving us towards in Make America Great in whatever form it takes or Build Back Better, it's the same end goal. And frankly, there isn't a room, there isn't any room for God within that. God is just a, a line item check. Okay, did you say God today? I sure did. Check. That's not the way we will survive. But if we repivot, and truly follow that relationship with God. All this other stuff we will reject. And it won't even be difficult. We'll be like, what? are you serious? You really want that? Get out of here. And those values come up. We become such a beautiful and yet intense society. Intense because don't ever touch our children. Don't ever ignore the elderly. Don't ever tell us we can't. Because infinite is on the table. God has shown us that. And all of you that want to restrict us, leave or be cast out by force. Because we're building a world with God at the center. Christ in our heart. Don't ever question that path with us again. And that's where we stand. It's a beautiful place. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And we're truly blessed, Lord, to have an ability to come together each and every night to build fellowship, to continue to build out this beautiful remnant, to strengthen our foundations in faith and to bear our hearts honestly to you, Lord. Lord, we have all stumbled in this path of idolatry and we just pray for forgiveness and repentance on those places, knowing that those errors that we have made, we will try not to do again. And we try to keep our eyes clearly on Christ and, and we 
but we know that we've done it before. And we are striving now to not do it again. And in so doing, we're asked for the blessing of clear sight and truth to take away the rose-colored glasses, to have the idolatry fall from our lives, and to truly walk truthfully in this world, to be honest with ourselves first and foremost, and honest about what's before us. Even if it's difficult, even if it hurts, let the truth reign, because through that pain and through that difficulty, we gain strength. And Lord, we know that we're going to need this more than ever right now. Because as the truth comes out about this vax and about the consequences of what it's doing to people, and as people start to awaken to one of the great idolatries that they followed, the worship of government, the worship of an injection to solve their problems that all they had to do in the origins was to turn to you, it's going to shatter many. It's going to bring many to rage and anger. Let us have the sight, Lord, to be able to guide them out of that darkness and to guide them back to our Savior, Christ Jesus. Forgive us for our transgressions, but as your remnant, Lord, also strengthen us in this time with truth that we can be objective, honest, and true in heart as you would intend us to be. And we say these things in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We will overcome the darkness. We know that because God walks with us. That said, our obligation of the work we have to do is a lot. It's a daily discipline. And we have to maintain it. And you have to work it and drill it. And as we do, we become better at it. We become stronger in it. And what is it? It's that intimacy with Christ. It's that intimacy with the Lord. It's that connection that becomes so active and real that literally, whether asleep or awake, our conversations are happening constantly and we're hearing him constantly. And in those dialogues, we're elevating up to really be in a place to hear him and be with him. It's interesting that in Joshua 3, Joshua talks about crossing the Jordan, and he leads his people. God tells him to walk across the Jordan and then to have the ark move first, to separate the waters of the Jordan. And in the passage, Joshua talks to his men, and he says, this is going to be your moment. And he explains to them what they will anticipate, what they should hear, and what they should see. And it's a, it's a revealing moment because there's an enormous amount of faith being expressed and, being ob- and people being obedient to it. But it's pretty evident that Joshua is the one really hearing the Lord and the others are trusting in him to, do, to guide them. But they're being offered something profound when they go across the River Jordan to truly hear the Lord. We can hear the Lord if we choose. It's now. We have to sit and listen. We have to pay attention. We have to learn to read our heart. But we get there by letting go of the idolatries. We get there by letting go of the anger, the frustration, the anxieties, the sadness, 
All of that is healed with Christ. Just turn to him, trust in him, and all will be healed. And that's not some pulpit-type promise. That's just it. It's not a pulpit promise. That is a promise of God. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. Keep your prayers grounded and focused. We're doing great. This is a difficult time, but the sun is beginning to rise. The Lord is with us. He'll never forsake us. And the more that we dig in into our trust in him, the more that he will bring us into that amazing space of love that he has. His arms are wide open. All we have to do is trust and let go of this other stuff. And what lies ahead is just nothing but glory and greatness, infinite possibilities. We have to let go of our idols. We have to let go of the foolishness of the binary world. We have to embrace the infinite, the glory and the love. Walk in peace. I'll see you tomorrow night for Bart's FM. Great interview coming tomorrow night. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through. Fight for all we had to lose Reaching out for something To pull us up to level ground Oh, I can see it now I can see it now
Over the hill where the lost got found Reaching through somehow Oh, you're an island when the world is too loud When the seasons change I know the space between us will stay the same Resting on this faith When your soul answers calls far away Safe place to hide from the rain. 